welcome to Shake It and Disturbed. Uh, we yes, John Hi. and I are on video. I'm in Taida. You're in Hawaiian print today. It is a Hawaiian thing. You isn't really, it? yeah. I mean, like, what else is it? You're flapping in the breeze. I've got my pride good. band on. Thank I'm, you. I'm I'm Darren Carp here with John Thrasher, and uh, yeah, man, I'm. You're feeling better, you know, if you listen to our NMR from Patreon, just know we're not going to recap it here because we did that already on our NMR. I don't know what's happening with John's hair. He has a cowlick. I usually have the same cowlick. I have to like, this is why I cut my hair kind of every two weeks (laughs) because I I just like, I just need to like. What is happening here? It helps the cowlick, but. I just want to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to. No, I was going to say you had some ailments, but you're back up and running and we get to record now. So it's good to have you. If you want to know not only about my dating life, but what I think caused a major infection in my body, (laughs) check out our uh, Patreon and NMR. It's always something, people. Let me just tell you, it's always something, whether it's air fresheners or weeds or whatever. It's always something. There's always something with John fucking Thrasher. Let me say. This year, that's absolutely true. And then, like, I don't know if we need a new segment idea. For anyone who's watching this on Patreon, this is not a spider attacking me on the back of Mm. my head. It is my hair that is just in a complete disarray. I can never get that part of my hair right. It's like, what is I have to, like, straighten that part. Like, today my hair is actually looking good today. You know, I used to wash my hair. We're going to get to the case. I used to wash my hair every single day. Now I wash it, like, every three days, and I think that helped. That's absolutely going to help you because you shouldn't, you and I have very similar, you and I could almost like maybe be siblings in a sense. Like our hair features are very If you similar. had bigger tits. Yeah. But you don't. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I know. But, I was like, your, what can I say that's going to get him? The way you deadpan that to the it, camera was Total great. deadpan. If you, if you um, have bigger tits. Yeah. If, yeah. Well, listen, they're, if you did, they're getting kind of big. They're getting kind of big. But I will say, you know, with hair like this, you do want to give it a day or two between washes. And then, I know, you know, everyone told me that growing up, and then I just couldn't believe it because, like, when you have short hair, you just feel it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, I just don't want to keep doing it every day. And so then I started to like relax my policy a little bit more. And now it's just the way to go. Well, let me tell you, a, a bottle of shampoo will last me about a year and I'm not exaggerating. I, I might wash it only like twice a week. It also depends on how active I am because I don't like greasy you know, pickleball tennis hair, if that makes sense. Ooh, pickleball tennis hair. Pickleball tennis hair, not a cute idea. But maybe there's a new segment idea for Patreon of like, you know, me doing my hair, getting it ready for, you know, Oh, that that's that's something people definitely want to see. Yeah, no, that's, people have been asking for years to get that content. Absolutely. Um, Wow, I can't believe you're willing to share that. What riveting stuff. And really quickly, before we even get into this week's episode, you probably heard on a recent episode of NMR how I haven't been feeling well. Um, All I do is talk about my allergies, and it seems like everyone is feeling a little under the weather lately. And I do think it's because of seasonal allergies. And I told one of my best friends to try microdosing with these gummies that we love here on the show, and she tried them, and she loved them. So it's yet another example of microdosing helping people feel better in their everyday lives. Um, specifically it helped her like sleep better and recover from her workouts better, both of which she had been struggling with recently. And I just felt so, um, powerful and so, uh, you know, knowledgeable that I could help recommend her, um, something that's like so easy to get that can really make her and anyone who's listening, by the way, feel a lot better day to day. So if you haven't already, it's time to get into microdosing you guys for real. 
and Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off of your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. I think they're really fantastic and everybody seems to love them. So go check them out. All right, Darren. Well, let's get into this week's episode. It's an interesting one, and it's based out of Brooklyn, New York, actually. Well, part of it is, at least. BK, you, baby. You ready for it? I am. That sounded, that reminded me of um, Taylor Swift. So shout out to the Swifties. By the way, if you're listening to this, the two Pittsburgh Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert uh, dates have already happened. They were Friday and Saturday. And you didn't go. I may or may not have gone. I may or may not have paid an exorbitant amount of money to sit in the nosebleeds. We will find out on next week's NMR what exactly unfolded. Okay. I'm just going to say this. I might be willing to pay that much, Darren. So you're going to have to tune in to next week's NMR to find out for sure. Wow. All right. Anyway, all right, let's talk about this. So John, I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly, Wojtowicz. Wojtowicz. I was going to say Wojtowicz. Wojtowicz. That sounds right. John Wojtowicz. There we go. I think it's probably Polish. I definitely think it's Polish, especially in Brooklyn, 1945. Definitely a Polish name. So John Wojtowicz was born in Brooklyn, New York, 1945 to immigrant parents And like many immigrant families, John's parents were reportedly extremely conservative, though not much is known about his childhood. We do know that he played a lot of baseball and was a star of his local team in his teenage years. John graduated high school. By the way, I had best friends, and Darren, I know you were dating somebody who lived in Williamsburg. I had best friends that lived in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Very heavy, like Polish immigrant population there. Yep, yep. So John graduated high school and began a fairly lucrative career in the banking world. In 1966, 21-year-old John found work at a Chase uh, Chase branch in Flatbush. I used to live kind of near Flatbush. So my grandfather's from. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Both my grandparents are from Flatbush. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I didn't realize that. You have a lot of New York blood in you, actually. It's hard to turn Tell tell us to my California girlfriend. (laughs) Well... At that Chase branch in, branch in Flatbush, branch. excuse me, branch. Yeah, uh, Michelle he, Branch. <laughs> he met and began dating a woman named Carmen Bifolco, uh, whose parents did not approve of the newfound relationship. Again, remember, it's early, it's the late 60s. Conservative relationship dating isn't what it is today. Let's put it that way. Depending, now, even depending on where you are, sometimes dating isn't what yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And that same year, John was drafted into the army and sent to fight in Vietnam, as many, many men were. While overseas, John began having relationships and sex with other men. That's horrible. Yeah. Can you imagine? You didn't tell me this case was going to have gay people. It was going to have gay people in it. My God. Uh, For pride? My God. I know. Exactly. Um, So there is a record that he was reportedly treated for gonorrhea four times during his uh, time in the army. So, you know, he's getting around. Things are happening in the army. That's what happens. You know, John made it through the war and was sent home the following year in 1967. And he and Carmen were married upon his return and immediately started a family. And though the young couple had two children together and seemed fairly happy, John had a secret, which was that he could never stop really having affairs with other men. And eventually Carmen found out about her husband's infidelity and left him after only two years of marriage. And I do want to stop for a second and just, just sort of like 
talk about this really quickly because sure. I feel like like straight people might not necessarily understand what this is in general. Like, you know, some people think that this is a straight person who's cheating in the most horrific ways, but what it does sound like is, especially given the time, that this man was probably brought up to be quote unquote straight and you weren't allowed to be gay. Or if you were, especially if religion was involved, you were going to hell if you were gay. So it sounds like he was really, you know, while he was away, the the mice will play in a sense, if that's the right, maybe that's not the exact I, I think right. It, I, think it, I think it. it's a true definition of like people are who they are and the more you try and stifle and control people exactly that, it's going to yeah. come out any other way you know yeah. and this is this is i've been watching the uh the duggar documentary oh, on you? amazon yes and that is like wildly good i will highly recommend that but yeah. like there is a lot of these terrible things that are happening in the uh institute of basic life principles which is their church that they are yeah. Uh, their movement that they're kind of a part of. And yeah. it just goes to show, and it really is Handmaid's Tale. I mean, it is Handmaid's Tale. Like it, and yeah. when you start taking away people's freedoms, and and yeah. I'm not saying Carmen took away the freedom, I just think society no, would have not have been it. happy with yeah. it. Eventually it all comes out and it's to the detriment of a lot of people. So and let's see where this goes. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, in 1969, John's marriage was over, as John said, although he and Carmen were still legally married and he received an honorable discharge from the military. He's now a free agent, so John started to become more comfortable with his sexuality. It is 1969. There's a little bit of free love going on, sure, you know, so starting. that's a good yep. thing. And he became a member of the Gay Activist Alliance, a civil rights organization founded in the wake of the Stonewall Riots, which actually started June 28th, 1969. Right. Seemingly eager to make up for lost time, John developed a reputation among the gay community as being pleasant, spunky, a little crazy, and upfront about his high sex drive. We should mention yeah, it's totally normal to me. Yeah, right. Exactly. I will say at this point, you d we don't have the research in front of us. We don't know him personally, of course, but it does sound like he maybe came to terms with who he really was all along, which we'll get to how this this <laughs> shaken and disturbed episode unfolds. But, you know, at the very least, at least there was some sort of release of that pain and 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 maybe even shame. You know? you know, my dad calls me spunky, right? That's his. That's right. That's I right. Guess he calls me spunky because when I was born, I had like black spiky hair and he used to call me spiky. Aww. And then it all fell out. And then I have the hair that I have now and he changed it to spunky. Well, now your hair is great as we've been talking about the whole beginning of the episode. Spunk. Yeah, spunky. Spunk. Yep. Uh, well, in the summer of 1971, so we're fast forwarding now two years, John attended the Italian a feast of St. Anthony in New York City's Little Italy, which I think still goes on. I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Big. There was a big parade in, I don't know what it's called now, but it's in Brooklyn. And it's this like huge fair. Um, you know, it's another one of these like Italian saint things. It's super gotcha. fun. It happens in the summer. I know what and you're it, talking about. I remember that too now. I'm blanking on the name, but it's yeah, just yeah, so yeah. fun. I've been to it before. Now, while at the festival, John met Drag Queen. Uh, named Elizabeth Eden. The two started dating and deeply fell in love. Gay marriage was not made legal in the state of New York, if you can believe it, until 2011, and certainly not federally, federally until a few years after that. So right. Elizabeth and John, like many queer couples before and after, kind of committed themselves to each other at the Gay Activist Alliance headquarters, sort of this... Uh, you know, a civil union, if you will. Yeah, a show of love and companionship and commitment that 
could be as, you know, as official as you could make it at that point, you know? Right. Which is why I'm always saying like the government doesn't determine my relationship. Right. I have always determined my relationship and if I want to get married, but I understand for legal reasons with taxes and shit like that, sure. like it makes sense. That's but... a good way to put that. Yeah. So for years, the GAA, the Gay Activist Alliance, of course, as well mm -hmm. as numerous other LGBTQ plus organizations held non-legally binding marriage ceremonies for their members when they were turned away by the state. This is kind of how the gay community sort of has survived Right. For a long time. And Elizabeth arrived at her ceremony in a gorgeous wedding dress, a dramatic choice at the time. And after their wedding, John and Elizabeth moved in together, but became tumultuous seemingly almost immediately. Yeah. And not to stereotype, but, you know, think about his past, right? Like hid his sexuality, started a family. And then, it, you know, that became a big, huge problem. Then you send him to Vietnam and, you know, go see the horrors that we all know happened in Vietnam. You know, when you put all that together on paper, it's looking like a very um, like he's been through a lot. That's just did you have way. any one of your family members fight in Vietnam? I did. My um, great uncle went to Vietnam. Uh, he, did he come back. He did come back. He did not. You know, he had a lot of ailments through the rest of his life. Right. He died probably much younger than he should have. I think it was probably connected to like the Agent Orange and all that type of stuff, tragically. But um yeah, he had purple hearts and yeah. everything. His wow. uh, Dennis was his name. So shout wow. out to Uncle Dennis. Great guy. Back Uncle in the day. D. Uncle yeah. D. Yeah. Well, back to this story here. Now, John had both a jealous streak and a bad temper, not unlike this John here on the show. What? An awful One in the same. <laughs> One in the same. Which, of course, is an awful combination, especially for Elizabeth, who sometimes became frightened of her new husband's explosive reactions to her perceived misbehavior. Do now, you think, and and sorry to bother, sorry to kind of interrupt, but like, like she Elizabeth drag queen, but maybe maybe becoming, tra maybe, yeah, maybe trans. trans. I mean, at this point, because you know, a drag queens not all drag queens, because now drag queen is really you know, mm -hmm. um, have, uh, there have been successful drag kings and drag queens yep, and trans yep. people, but drag queens for the most part will go by she, but then out of their drag, it's right. he. Well, that's right. And I think especially at this time, you know, I remember this from covering the Marsha P. Johnson case that we covered right. in the past, that a lot of times that identification or self-identification with even trans people, what we would now call trans people and what we now have always known as drag queens was a little blurry, right? Because they would right. perform in drag and maybe socialize in drag. And then that line of what is your actual gender expression in that when those time. Are two different things very now. Different as things we can, now. One's yes. an art, one's a, you know, one's a gender. A gender expression for expression. sure. Identity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just interesting. I know we're about to get to that, but it's yeah. just like, that's why we keep saying she, and I just wanted to Exactly. To we should, that. we should yeah. have clarified that. I'm glad that you did mention that. So you know, um, in addition to struggling in her new marriage, Elizabeth was also dealing with some internal turmoil and she was starting to reassess Darren, her gender identity and had begun considering male to female gender affirmation surgery, which is like, you know, it's tough to even have these conversations nowadays, but you but can back imagine then, back then. I can't even imagine even thinking it was a thought, yeah. you know, like. Very different uh, world. For very sure. different world. My God. In our country, at least. And I'm sure plenty of others. However, John was utterly against the idea of surgery and forbade Elizabeth from pursuing it. Within her first year of marriage, Elizabeth was admitted into Kings County Hospital numerous times for self-harm and attempts at suicide. 
behavior her doctors chose to treat with electroshock therapy, which, which just was torture and awful, you know, but yeah. also, a, also another example that we were sort of talking about how, like, no matter where you are, there you are. If you try and control and tell people what they should do, whether it's on the microscopic, exactly. on the micro level of relationships or on the macro of government, telling yeah. other people what to do or what to say or how to think, you know, yeah. people don't take too kindly to that. You know, they want freedom to be who they are, no matter if that's a good person or a bad person or a weird person or a whatever person. If they're not harming anyone, we should Leave let people do what they want to do. Absolutely true. And, um, you know, electroshock therapy, as dramatic as that may sound, was still a legal and viable use of therapy as recently as like a few years ago. And maybe even still in some states. God only knows at this point. I think the I first time I ever saw that or like knew what that what was, was, was one flew over the cuckoo's nest when oh, John, yeah. when Jack Nicholson gets it done. Right. Um, and he has to put like the thing, so Ooh, he doesn't bite his that. tongue off. That seems to be my first memory with it. Maybe I had seen it in other places, but yeah. that just it's a real thing. Like in media, that was my first being like, Holy shit. Type yeah. Of, yeah. Well, for all of his faults and horrendous behavior, it seems that John truly did love Elizabeth. And in spite of his own feelings about her undergoing surgery, wanted her to be safe at home with him instead of in a psychiatric ward on suicide watch receiving, you know, these barbaric treatments. Because, you know, even though it might have been more common at the time, imagine the people that are receiving those types of treatments. I mean, that's sure. like torture. It's, it's prison in a sense. Sure. Well, on August 22nd, 1972, John and his two friends, 18-year-old Salvatore Naturile and 20-year-old Bobby Westenberg, drove through the streets of New York with one goal in mind. They were going to rob a bank. Okay, that's a shift. That's a shift of, of That's of a shift in on. the story, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a shift. John had decided he was on board with Elizabeth's gender af affirmation surgery and was willing to do anything now to pay for it, including mm. armed robbery. So he wants to, be, you know, he's like, look, this isn't what I'm into, you know, which let me just say, I mean, it's understandable that a partner in 1971 or two or whatever may have those types of thoughts, but at the or end of the day, now, yeah. even now, you know, I understand sort of having that thought. I mean, people have to mourn their ideas of you sometimes. That's true. Yeah. And as long as, you know, so coming around to it, I often think is really like the sign of a good person as opposed to maybe their first Which it reaction. Sounds like he but did, yeah. there are plenty of people who I think they might not be in love with the idea. It doesn't mean they're going to stop their partner. But yeah. for sure, would it be like their top thing that they'd want them to do? <laughs> Probably. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. 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 Now, listen, it's great that he came around. We love that. We love a supportive king, so to speak. Not sure how we um, feel about the armed robbery Maybe not doing the okay. armed robbery. Yeah. Like maybe you're taking a little bit too far. So the group of young men were exceedingly unprepared for their crime, as you can probably imagine. They accidentally hit another car as they drove around and dropped one of their shotguns out of the back of their car. Uh, the first time they tried to park and start a robbery. Now, remember, he used to work clumsy. at a chase. Yeah. So eventually, they, the men made it into a chase bank in Brooklyn, although it's not the same one that John had previously worked at, although that would have made sense if you think about it. That would have yeah. probably He would been. have known the ins and outs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But the bank safe where they ended up was only half full, a fact the men might have known if they had cased it for more than a few minutes, actually. Now, armed with shotguns, John handed the teller a note reading, quote, this is an offer you cannot refuse. The teller, unquote, the teller did refuse by immediately pulling the alarm and alerting the police. So this is a mess. This what, is a what, yeah, mess. what a weird 
like I sort of maybe get that today because of all the surveillance cameras and maybe you wouldn't want to have like your face and voice recorded. But now just like handing someone a note that says like, this is an offer you cannot refuse. You're like, bitch, I'm tearing up this sheet of paper. <laughs> right, right. What the fuck are you talking about? So authorities circled the bank with John and his friends were still inside while thousands of people from the neighborhood swarmed the scene to watch the drama unfold. I'm sorry. Why are we swarming a scene if someone has sh- a shotgun? Why are we swarming? I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, are we? Is this interesting? Are we going over there? Like, I, I this I never understand. This like, but I just don't get that. But John yeah. was terrified, refused to surrender, and the robbery quickly escalated to a hostage situation when the burglars refused to let any of the bank's customers or employees leave. Now, police were able to communicate with John by phoning the bank, and at this time, he was finally able to share the reason for his poorly planned out crime, stating, quote, that money, I wanted it for a sex change operation for Elizabeth. Now I can't even kiss her. Mm. Okay. okay. I mean, again, like, your you heart expect? is there. Your heart is there. Right. You have decent intentions. I'm not <laughs> right. confident that robbing a bank is the best way to do this, but... right. John provided authorities with his ex-wife Carmen's phone number in case he didn't make it out of the bank alive. And as hours passed, the crowd of spectators grew restless, even as they learned of the motive behind the robbery. Well, you got to keep them entertained. If the crowd's restless, what are we going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do there? What are you going to do? So the police were no help, and at one point even seemed to make the situation worse as they Mm. began calling John derogatory names. I was expecting that to probably unfold, yeah. I'm assuming the F word's going to be flying here, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about fuck. In retaliation, John demanded the police order pizza for his hostages, and he paid the delivery driver with handfuls of cash. Like, there's something sort of really fucked up and, like, sweet about that yeah i don't i know i I, I don't know how to i don't know what to say about i'm having conflicting feelings i'm gonna be honest when the crowd seemed to like this john ingratiated himself to them even more by hurling fistfuls of money at the onlookers gathered outside now now i know why they're going to see this goddamn robbery right of course this drew even in more people who were now mostly rooting for the person throwing them money (laughs) even if he was a gay bank robber sure 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 The hostages enjoyed their pizza while they were hot and exhausted inside the bank. None seemed particularly afraid of John. He didn't seem to be overly threatening outside of the fact that he was keeping them there. It did seem a relatively peaceful situation. In an interview, one hostage later told police, quote, I realized that he wanted to be friendly. He had a purpose for robbing the bank. He didn't think it would take that long. He thought he would kind of be in and out, almost no harm done. Now, John's standoff with the police lasted over 14 hours. The police enlisted help from both Carmen and John's mom, neither of whom were able to convince him to turn himself in. John only wanted one person, and that was Elizabeth. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's heartbreaking, but it's sort of like, where's this? Yeah, in a sense. Well, he demanded the police bring her to the bank, actually, and offered to release the hostages in return, stating, quote, I want them to deliver my wife here from Kings County Hospital. His name is you know, name, the dead name was used there. Yeah, yeah. It's a guy, I'm gay, end quote. Which, you know, I have to say, in the the face of police, in the face of a hostage negotiation, to to be so out and gay, knowing what his background was, I mean, I don't know. It's it's kind of courageous in a weird... No, it is, because I'm thinking the police are never going to treat you well. Yeah, exactly. They barely treat you well if you're straight. Yeah, right. 
Well, eventually, police escorted Elizabeth from the hospital, but she refused to see John. In spite of the bank robbery, she was still afraid of her husband, especially when he was in a volatile mood. I mean, yeah, uh, in the middle of a hostage negotiation might not be the best time to have like a romantic moment with your partner, you know? Yeah. But now at a total loss for how to proceed, police gave in and agreed to John's demands. He and Elizabeth would be given plane tickets to somewhere in Europe where Elizabeth would have her surgery paid for by authorities. Let's see how that unfolds. Wow. The three robbers agreed to get into a car provided by authorities who assured them that they would be safely transported to JFK Airport and put on a plane. Now, I'm from, I, you know, I lived in the Flatbush area, and I'm just picturing all of this unfolding, and I'm like, did I walk by this bank? Did I, did I, know. I know where this was? I know. Um, anyway, all of the hostages were freed, unharmed, as the group of men traveled to Queens uh, in their car on their way to JFK, it sounds like. Let me just say, for them to be freed, unharmed, you know, obviously there's psychological harm that might have occurred in thinking that this guy is, like, kind of crazy. He could do anything. but. Yeah. I think that does say something about John. I agree. I agree completely. Once they arrived at the airport, the men were, of course, apprehended because they would never be just put on an airplane and sent away. Or at least, you know, I I don't know. I guess it is worth mentioning because it is the 70s. Like, it's not, this isn't post 9-11 security, maybe. So who knows? Right. 18-year-old Salvatore um, was actually shot and killed by police in this process because the, as you can imagine, they probably didn't, you know, just go freely into the night as they got to the airport. Well, as soon as their friend was killed, John and Bobby surrendered and allowed themselves to be taken into custody. And while he waited for trial in prison, the public was eager to hear more of John's story and each media outlet was desperate to, to be the one with the scoop. And I'm sure that has to do with the whole gay trans surgery situation you know kind of unfolding the way it has well john actually sold the rights to his story and gave the money he received in exchange to elizabeth to help fund her surgery so even in something like twistedly romantic (laughs) about that i know it is weird i mean it's really tragic that the friend was shot but i mean as of now this is really just a hostage situation you know so anyway keep going Darren. Well, in April of 1973, John was found guilty of his crimes and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Again, no one died outside of his friend, but he didn't shoot or murder anyone. So 20 years almost actually feels like a lot in this kind of situation. But like, okay, 20 years. In 1975, the story was actually turned into a movie. It was called Dog Day Afternoon, starring Al Pacino as John himself. The movie was actually nominated for six Academy Awards and won Best wow. Picture and Best Director. I did not know any of this. Interesting. John demanded that the movie be screened in prison and bragged constantly to the other inmates that someone had made a film about him. In 19, although I doubt that like being gay in prison back then would have been something you hard want to be to out say. on, but it's hard yeah. to say. I don't know. I won't be an expert on prison safety in 1977, but. No. Well, in 1977, John appealed his conviction with the help of a jailhouse lawyer named George Heath, who took payment for his legal services in the form of cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Currency and, of, of the time. I guess that's all he had, though. It's almost sort of sweet that yeah. at least he could do this. And as they had worked on John's case together, John and oh, George, boy. they fell in love. And held a commitment ceremony in prison. John's appeal was affirmed by the court. And John was granted parole in 1978 after serving only five years of his sentence. Wow. George Heath was also granted parole the same year. Wow. 
And once they were both free, free, the two men moved into John's parents' house in Brooklyn together. Eden was able to afford her gender of affirmation surgery right around the same time John and George were paroled, after which she left the city and moved upstate. Wow. And although she never spoke to John again, her former partner gave a television interview shortly after she transitioned, telling the world that he was proud of her for taking such a massive step towards her own happiness. Well, listen, I'm going to say, go out and say it. Good for them. I mean, I mean in a weird way, like it's, it's not the way you want to go about uh, raising money. To it's like get... twistedly romantic, though. Yeah, it is. And it's tragic that somebody was shot and killed in the in that in that process, of course. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lesson learned if anyone is sort of wondering, you know, yeah. how 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 true how far can you show your love? You know, maybe don't rob a bank. There are other ways to go about. Uh, you know, nowadays we've got GoFundMe. Maybe, you know, back in the day, if they had GoFundMe, maybe this would have turned out completely differently. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, now there's charities helping a lot of people and mental right. health services and stuff like that that are helping people do it. But yeah, it's 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 kind of a happy story. Yeah. Like, I, I'm almost like hesitant to say that because obviously I know that there's there was a lot of turmoil and, and all the stuff. But if we're just taking it on facts, I mean, his intention was there. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Interesting in, interesting story for Pride Month by the way as well. So happy Pride to um to you guys. Um I will say uh if you want to let us know what you're thinking, hit us up at Jay Thrasher at Carpe Darren. You can hit us up in the Facebook group. Um you can hit us up on Patreon of course as well. We are responding to everybody. And so that's that, Darren. Sorry, I was a little yeah. distracted by a car driving by outside. Um oh. Let's get into listener shout outs as we wrap up this week's episode. Why don't you take the first one? Yeah, I want to take this one. Lauren, our Facebook group says, John Thrasher and Darren, please watch Love and Death on HBO and let us know your thoughts. I just wrapped up. Having not heard of this case before, and I have so many thoughts and opinions. Laura, I'm really curious. I'm in the middle of it right now. I'm five out of seven. I'll probably finish it this week. So I'll be able to talk about it next week. For those who don't know, we talked a little bit about this on our Patreon and MR this week, but uh, it's a, this case of Candy Montgomery. You can read it up to kind of this, uh, this housewife, if you will, back in the eighties. And she who's played by Elizabeth Olsen in this, this is Amazon prime's response kind of to Hulu coming out with candy, which starred mm-hmm. Jessica Beale, which is the same type of story, uh, kind of this, housewife affair uh gone wrong if you will uh, yeah. about love and jealousy but uh, laura i'm really curious to hear your thoughts and opinions so i really hope you write what you're thinking i'll let you know next week if i officially finished it because please dm me because i actually kind of want to know your opinions on this and what you think about all of this it's a it's it's not exactly the same thing but it does give me a little bit of the vibes of the betty broderick story which we've covered Definitely, on martinis yeah. and murder i know oxygen came out with a huge piece on it or bravo did or something like that mm-hmm. um but anyway, definitely check it out. It's well there done. You go. HBO. And I wanted to give a shout out to a really good boy named Bobby who crossed oh. the Rainbow Bridge recently. Bobby was the dog of our friend of the show, Jorge. Oh. And after 16 years together, it was time oh. to say goodbye, sadly. Jorge, we really hope that you and your fiance and everyone who knew Bobby is doing well in this really hard time. You so know, sorry. Jorge's been a good, uh, a great supporter and listener of the show, and I saw him post about it, so I wanted to give a little shout out there. Oh, I'm so yeah, sorry for tough. your loss, but I know that, you know, 16 years, no matter what, is like you're such a good owner. What a good life. What a great life. So mm-hmm. we also got to celebrate that, too, and I'm for sorry sure. for your loss. Well, join us on Patreon where, where you can get all kinds of bonus content, including ad-free episodes in video form. 
You can see John's hair do a really weird cowlick thing. That's right. You can see every single full episode recording right on Patreon. There you go. And if you are a former Patreon subscriber, come on back. We recently updated our perks and tiers, and you can now see our faces every single week, as long as I don't get a sinus infection. I mean, Which is not guaranteed. Which is not guaranteed at this point. Um, And our faces are so pretty, you know? Like, why not check and see what they look like these days? (laughs) Yeah, don't you want to see how big John's boobs have gotten? Yeah, Huge people. check them Huge. out. Check them out, everybody. And of course, we have to thank Megan. So one, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Megan. And we love you guys so much. Check and, your uh, freshies. Check your, check your brake pads without pants. And apparently you don't need a penis. Oh, boy. We're still on that sign off, Darren. We got to yeah, work on it. Yeah, no, we're still on that. You don't need a penis. Oh, boy. All right. See, see you guys, guys next, next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.